Con mi burrito sabanero voy camino de Belén. Con mi burrito sabanero. Uh. Girl. <laughs> Ooh. Girl, you need some water? Something? What's up, what's up? Happy, happy, merry after Christmas. You are now listening to... Loose Accents, an immigrant podcast for the press and unbothered. Loose Accents brings to light the immigrant stories from east to west coast, black and brown, porque aquí lo soltamos todo. We are here to celebrate the looseness of our tongues, our identities, and the love we have for our communities. After a well-needed break, yes, we are back for our last episode of the year, y'all, of the decade. Uh-huh. Um, and there are officially three days left in 2019. Oh, goodness. And... I can't lie. I feel like I am in a very zen place. Okay. So you know what? Stay with us to hear reflections, recent projects, and everything that we're looking forward in 2020. I am Dangeli. And I am Andakube. And baby, speaking of being zen, I want to know all about that because where you have been zen, I've been everywhere. So what brings you all this zen Baby, I just feel like I mean I had not been um, well. First of all, right, I went back home mm. uh, two weeks ago, um, and by home I mean the Bronx. I'm in New York, and I had not been there since February. And mm-hmm. when I went in February, it was just because I was performing, and I was only there for like two days because I was like upstate, or whatever. And before that, I had only been there four days. So since I moved, I had only been in New York for about eight days in total right um so a long time to be away from home away from family away from friends um and it just really allowed me to see what i was missing here in la and i mean for those who don't know i I struggled uh with depression in the past year right Mm -hmm. and i you know I didn't know how to handle that, especially because it was the first time that it really hit me hard um that hard anyway actually that's not true but you know what? I feel like now for another I'm, episode. Actually, for another episode. But I feel like, f- as an adult, for the first time, it was um, I, w- I found myself in a place where I could really um, understand what I was going through and what my body was going through, and I was able to be objective and be like, "Girl, you are not okay. Mm-hmm. Your mental health is not okay. So right. let's do something about it." And I did. I you know I started going to therapy this year, yeah. which is a big accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After looking like searching for a therapist for months, this is like. In the movies, but for real. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I went back to New York and once I got there, I mean, I was on the plane and I love flying. I mean, part of me, you know, having documents now, it's like I love airports. I remember when I was a kid and I would just watch, I would, would drive my grandma to the to the airport and yeah. we would watch her go. Mm-hmm. So being in an airport for me is a, a very interesting experience every time I'm there because every time I feel like my heart flutters. Because, mm. like, the child in me is so happy to pass TSA. I know it sounds like <laughs> it's a yeah. lot of trauma there, and I but get I could it. But I see it. But, like, I could see it's, it. like, almost like like 10-year-old me. Like, right. every time she passes TSA, it's like a... <sighs> An exhale. Oh, it's, like, it's like, oh, my God, like, I can do this now, you know? Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I, I love being on planes. I love planes, even though they make me sick. Um. But... It, it, I found myself on my plane ride back to New York and I was just very impatient to get there. And that's never happened to me before. Usually I can be very present in planes. I don't know. It's a spiritual right. experience. Being on top she's, of the world. She's out and here. Above the, the clouds. <laughs> um, and 
you know, I found myself for the first time like really impatient to get to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I took like this melatonin, and I think that's what they're called, like gummies. Okay. Right before I like to kind of calm you down. To calm me down, or something like make me knock out, so like like the the plane ride would be like smooth. Right. Because it again, they get me planes get me very sick. Um, so. I woke up and I was just so angsty. It's like, you know, like when you're going to have a school trip the next day and you can't go to sleep because you're so excited to show up like the like show off the brand new outfit and like actually right. go with your friends like outside of the school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Types. yeah, yeah. That was me your on the new plane. Haircut. And it was because I was just so happy to be back home, yeah. to be with my mom, to be with my friends. Um that I was just looking forward to landing. So when I got there, I, you know, I just felt so happy. And to look around the room and see people that look like me, that talk like me, that have my mannerisms, because I was surrounded by Dominicans, was so, like, refreshing. Mm. You know, it was just, it, 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 like, fulfilled something in me that I, realized that I was missing here in LA and it just walking me back to myself mm. um for a long time I mean I didn't know it while I was what while it was happening it took me going back to New York for me to realize that like I was in LA and I, I felt empty and I didn't really understand why when you know I had what I call them now distractions I was always out and I was you know hosting events and I was doing the podcast and I was performing and you know I was writing and like all those things be- became distractions. They weren't the things that really fulfilled me. I think being in my community, um, being surrounded by people who come from where I come from and understand me in ways that like a lot of folks here don't understand me, it just really regrounded me. And I almost came back. Um, I didn't want to come back, first of all. I was in the airport like about to cry. And mm-hmm. that never happens to me. Usually I'm like ready to leave New York because it's a lot. But coming back, I just... I've been in this place of like recalibration and really doing an inventory of my life. Mm. And I say inventory because it's meant to be sound intentional. It's looking at all the areas of your life in which I have been lacking Mm -hmm. or in which I was overexerting myself. Okay. Um, And really taking an inventory of people, of things of of places that I don't want to be in or I do want to be in of of goals um of I don't know of, of of the things that I that my soul has really been craving got it um yeah. and I think something we don't speak about enough is that like when you make such a drastic move that like I did when I left New York you're left basically f- functioning or and navigating your surroundings from from a place of survival. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like, you know, attaching yourself to things because you're scared, because, you know, you might, um, because you feel lonely, you know, and because you feel maybe emotionally vulnerable. And all those things I, I didn't figure out while they were happening. I just started figuring them out literally after I came back to New York. So really the past two weeks since I came, I've just been by myself. Look. There's one thing that I know about you in the last, what is it, year and some something months that I know you is that whenever you don't text back and you don't inquire about what's going on is that you're doing that. Exactly that. Recalibration, centering, you know, waking up at your hours, chilling because because you do you and I don't pester you. I leave you be. 
Yeah, I just and 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 that's what I need. I feel like I don't know. I, I and I'm gonna be really honest, you know, with Instagram and with my following growing since I got to LA. It's been a blessing and has allowed me a lot of opportunities, and I've gotten to share my art in places that I never thought I would. Actually, right. that's not true. That I always wanted to, um, but at the time I couldn't. Um, and I have really grown as an artist, but I feel like with that came um, constantly being um, on on, you know, and and constantly being um, requested. And people sending me messages and well, I appreciate it a lot. Sometimes it becomes overwhelming because I feel like many times I'm interacting with a lot of people at the same time when I'm really not. You understand? So like mm. it's, it's taking parts of my energy, but I'm not really reciprocating as much. Right. But it still allow like it still pushes me to be in a place where I feel very overwhelmed. Right. Um, and. I guess part of my homework now for 2020 is finding a way to balance myself in a way that I don't burn out. Um, and I mean, my workshops are very emotional. My workshops, you know, I, I do a lot of heavy emotional lifting when, when I do writing workshops. And I feel like that has taken a toll on me, especially when I was doing it back to back to back. Right. So uh, I, I feel like, I don't know, like I'm coming back to myself and I'm really, I'm really, regrounding myself and the parts that I do not want to lose. Mm -hmm. For example, like a lot of moving to LA has been a lot of navigating spaces that are not genuine. And, you know, it's a lot for like clout and a lot for like, you know, where people can get you and connections. And I, I, I find myself in a place where I'm just like, no, like I, for 2020, I have always been genuine. I have always been a person who follows her heart. And that shows in my art. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to exercise for the sure. rest of the year, for the rest of the decade, for the rest of my life. Um, so that's where I'm at now. I feel right. like 2019 is coming to a closing and is a closing of just not of, of not only the decade, but also a closing in young me almost like I grew so much this year that I finally feel like I'm an adult adult. And that's been interesting. I feel like, you know, I pay car insurance now. Um, you know, I get, like, my tires changed. Like, I went to take my... Like, I got my oil changed. Like, I'm an adult. Like... <sighs> okay. I see that. I see that for you. I'm, I'm a, you know... So, to re re recap all of that, she is an adult that pays her own rent. Who is recalibrating in her cocoon and adulting the best way possible. Yes. Doing an inventory for 2020. I advise I everyone to do that, by the way. Yeah. Do an inventory of your life and the thing that you want to change, the one that you want to keep, let go of, declutter. Just let go, y'all. It's a new decade. Okay. You know what? My Good therapist you, would be baby. so proud. But baby girl, how are you? What's up? Tell me. I haven't spoken to you in how long? Well, this is this is actually true. That yes, as we're talking, actually catching up, catching up. Yeah, for because real. I haven't seen you in in weeks. I mean, yeah. since you've been to New York, uh, you know, reconnecting with your folks and uh, doing releasing books. You know, we'll yeah. get to that later. But I, I've been I've been really good, Mama. Um, you know, this November and December are always really really tough months. Mm. And they're tough months uh, work-wise because at work, um, I lead uh, very 
programmatic heavy aspects mm. of, of the work while the rest of the organization is really calming down and, and doing the end of year reflections. I ramp up with a lot of the holiday events. Uh, she's do, an organizer. She's an organizer. She does a lot of like really uh, incredible events for our members to really connect and come with family. But the thing about bringing all of these people together, and we're talking about close to 500 members and youth and, and, and staff um, that it's a lot of work, right? It's a lot of work to bring that many people to one place to celebrate and to have a program and to have music and food and gifts and things like that. And so we had a, a very, very successful uh, event in South LA uh, celebrating the holidays um, early in December, like middle of December. We had a very famous DJ, uh, DJ Rashida, who she's, you know, gone on tour with Prince and with other really big artists. And so she came and joined us for that party. So it was really cool to see um, how our work in South LA is really getting to to place of, of pop culture and, and, and cultural realms where people really want to, to celebrate with our members. So it was really awesome. And so coming off of that, um, I just felt like I didn't have a chance to to deal with me. Because it was all about like the members and our workers and, and, and this and this and family. And so as soon as that 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 was over, the next day or a couple of days after was my last day at work. And so literally I've had a week, week and a half of, oh, this is what it feels like to take care of me. Like waking up later in the mm-hmm. mornings, having my breakfast, like going out to whatever coffee shop I want to and take my time. Um, so it's been really, really good to to start doing that. Um, but also understanding that I, I'm going to take every bit of rest that I still have left of 2019 but before I get back to work because next year is going to be mm. action. Election year. Like I'm like we have been spending three weeks at work really reflecting on 2019 but more than that really planning forward for for 2020 and i already know the entire calendar of the year what it's going to look like and every single month there's going to be an action an event like uh signature gathering the census um you know schools and communities first uh all these elections like local state and federal so it's going to be an incredible year of action. I'm really looking forward to it. I love campaign That's seasons. That's you. Like campaign seasons is my shit. Like I'm I'm there. But I also know that it's going to be taking a toll not just on me but on everybody that's around my life and so that I'm I, I want to be more proactive this year in uh, in sharing that about me so that you know the podcast, my family, my partner, my my good friends are are in awe, understanding that 2020 is not going to be a 2019 or a 2018. It's going to be totally different. Mm. I feel like that's also you letting David know. Oh, oh he's not, been not to plan a hundred <laughs> events for the month, baby. He he's been. He, I, I sent him a, a notarized letter already, like. <laughs> For those who don't know, David is basically a party planner. Yes. And he'll yes. have Ernesto committed to things that Ernesto's not aware of. Right. <laughs> or or he's like, oh, babe, I forgot to tell you, but we're going to such and such. And, and you know, for the most part, I, I love attending all of these events, but I, I did actually have to have a conversation with him last <laughs> week. And I said, you know, babe, like 
2020 is going to be one of those years that I can't do what I did this year, which was, you know, have the entire weekend like planned out as he, as it should, yeah. right? Like he he loves doing that. He loves having spending time with community, with friends, with family members, reconnected with people that he hasn't seen in a while, or even just catching up with people. And one of the, his most favorite things is bringing people together, and he yeah. does it very well. Um, but I said, you know, sometimes I may have to just opt out for for the sake of what I'm discussing now, right? The yeah. idea that I need this very uh, alone in moment of solitude you know i am also reflecting on one of the things that i was missing a little bit more towards the second half of the year and that was um more meditation for me Mm. and you know I, i meditate here and there i meditate while i'm in the car right before i get back into work but more of the times where like i bring out my cushion i set it down in my living room and i sit there for 20 to 30 minutes to just intentionally meditate um you know, and go out on retreats. Meditation retreats is something that I didn't do uh, to the end of this year. So that's what I'm really looking forward to next mm. year. But I think if anything, I if I were to describe what my current mood is, it's two things. The vibe. The vibes. One is joyful. I have a lot of joy. Very happy. And two, um, relaxing. As you can yes, tell I, by yes. my sweater and my sweatpants. I see like, that. You know, you know what? I thought about it this morning. I'm like... Usually, like, when Ernesto and I are going to record, we dress kind of cute. Yeah. We go out to breakfast. He Homeboy showed up in a hoodie. In a hoodie. Because I'm, like, I'm, I'm ready to But also, to like, same. Like, that's, like, the vibe. It's, like, yeah. that time between Christmas and New Year's. And, yeah. like, you don't want to do much. You just want to rest and chill and hang out with people and just live. Okay. You know what? Like, can I that's, just That's live. definitely a vibe. Yeah. Like, live on my own vibe. Also, how often do we get to just, like... Not have to worry about what, like, next week is bringing or, like, the, that one thing at work that you got to prepare for. Or, you know, it's just nice to just be. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, intentionally for the last, for, you know, the, the last last week and next week, I don't have anything on my schedule. Mm. Because I know that Same. this is my time to just chill, relax. I mean, we were talking about it on the way in that while we were in the car that. I'm planning to just go to coffee shops and and read mm-hmm. and plan out for you know what the podcast is going to do, what we're going to do, separate from from work because I think it's it's important to just just chill. I have so many books that I want to read still. So yeah, I'm 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 in I'm in a good space, definitely. Happy to hear that, boo. And yo, also like low key. My feet are tired. Like, if you're talking about being mindful about the current moment, yo, my feet are tired because I was wearing botas all last night at the end of the year, Cumbiaton Bash, you know, that we, we just went to because that was lit. Like, that party was Latina. It was it was so fun. And what was really cool was just bringing, again, all these group of friends together, all these queers coming together, dancing cumbias and bandas and reggaeton and and merengue it was it, it was it was really amazing and my feet are tired because shout out to all the babies yes that came up to Ernesto and asked about me yeah. <laughs> you're my fave <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah shout out to all the babies that, that stopped us and took pictures i'm gonna share some of them on instagram because they were super super cute there was this this one hunger i think her name was jennifer she was so jennifer or jessica i can't remember excuse me for that but she was so incredible she introduced me to her mom oh 
They brought their mom. Yes. And you know what? This is why I love this space so much because it's 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 so intergenerational. Mm. So this homegirl was like, oh my gosh, like I listen to the podcast all the time. Like it's so dope. Like, and she asked about you. She was like, where's D'Angeli? And then she said this. She was like, and I also follow David. Is Aww. he here? And I turn around <laughs> and I point. And I said, yeah, he's right there. So David comes over. We take a picture. But it was so dope that the mom was like, yeah, she listens to the podcast. And Aww. it was so cute. It was a really cute. I love me a supportive mom. Right. <laughs> so shout out to all the babies that were out there yesterday. Um, and we're just living their life. Okay, perreando <laughs> todos los días. So yeah, we uh, we are really excited for this episode because we are going to go into what the decade had for for uh, for all of us um, and share with you some special memories of what we were doing, what we were doing ten years ago, um, and then recap a little bit about some of the things that we wanted to leave off in 2019. But before that. You mentioned you were going to New York, right, to do your book release and to meet with families. And don't think that I didn't catch this, Dangeli, but I know that you didn't spend the Christmas, if you will, season with your family itself, like Christmas Eve, yeah. Christmas Day. And so I, you know, I saw you. I was out here specking you, scoping you out, seeing that you were, you know, very um, thoughtful and and reminiscent of the holiday seasons yeah. past. So what were the, the holidays? What was Christmas for you like? I mean, I went to New York uh, the week between Thanksgiving and then Christmas, I guess. Um, I mean, the reason why I went, honestly, was because of my job. I mean, and the reason why I didn't go for Christmas or for the holidays was because of my job. And it's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> because the thing is, it's like... I work, I'm a paralegal, and I do immigration and family law work, and, and the work is very, very draining, um, very emotionally draining. And, you know, these legal firms, they are, oh, <laughs> if anyone's listening from my job, y'all know this is true. So, um, <laughs> so these legal firms, I feel like they talk a lot about mental health, and they talk the good talk, but what is mentally healthy about denying your employees time to go see their families type shit, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, or like being so limited that, you know, they can't take the holidays off or you can't at least close so that they have like a long weekend and they can spend time with their families like over that, that break. Right. right. So stuff like that, that really, really, you know, led me to have to be in, in, in LA on my own during the holidays. Um, I mean, on Christmas, well, Dominicans celebrate Christmas Eve. That's basically our Navidad. But, you know, it was hard. I I am a person who really loves, like, holidays. I really, really love celebrating holidays, and it's because of my family. My family has a blast. We, you know, just being with my cousins, cracking jokes, um, being with my mom, the cooking, my aunt, getting cursed out for not helping in the kitchen, mm -hmm. um, and then being called to clean the house. Like all those little things are the things that I remember as a kid. I, I, I feel like I was the happiest as a child when my family would come together for the holidays. Um, I never even went to a friend's house or like boyfriend's house for the holidays because I wanted to be with my family. You stayed home. I always stayed home. So to not have that um, here this year was very, very hard for me because it was something that I chose. And it was almost like I had to live with the choices 
that I made a year prior. Um, and it was just very challenging to be on my own. And I, I literally just spent the day in bed in my feelings crying. And it wasn't that I was crying because I felt guilty or, you know, any way that I was here. I think it was more incompetence that I felt frustration. Mm. Yes. Um, it, it made me analyze every single aspect of my life that had led me to not be able to spend time with family. Mm. Um, and why I am in a position where my family is not a priority um, in the way that I can say, like, yo, fuck y'all. Like, I'm going to be there for the holidays. So, again, it, it led me to the whole inventory thing of, right. like, analyzing the parts of, of my life that I can change so that I make that a priority for next year. And my family's sweet. You know, they were trying to call me and, like, trying to, like, video FaceTime, call me. And for sure. I hung up. No. <laughs> I denied all the calls, y'all. I, I can't deal with that many feelings, especially when I'm already, like, in a vulnerable place. I know that if I would have picked up, like, a video call, I would have started crying. Right. And also, I don't like crying for my mom because she already feels something that I... It was a, a breakthrough. Um, when I went back to New York um, this month, was that my mom was, like, she was crying. And she basically said, you know, you know, I feel so bad that I can't even hop on a plane and go see you. Mm-hmm. You know, because obviously in immigration. So I that really broke me because I'm like, damn, like this is not ideal, you know, and it's hard. So when when Christmas came around, I was just very emotional and I didn't want my mom to see me that way. And I just literally spent it on my own a lot. spent it on the phone mm-hmm. with my boyfriend and just reflected, read wrote, journaled, and really thought about what I'm, what I'm going to be doing next year so that that does not happen again. Mm. I mean, that's the only thing I can do, right? So, yes, it was hard. It was very challenging. And also reminded me of the fact that I haven't spent a holiday in the DR since I was seven years old. Right. Um, and it... it and, you know, I don't know, it put me in a place where I'm going to be more intentional about making that time and making the time to go see my family regardless of what's going on in my life. I do yeah. not. Next year, Ernesto, if I got to quit a week before. <laughs> and Ernesto's been she hearing don't. me say, like, if I got to quit a, w- a week before so that I could go back to my family, I will. Like, I'm, will. I'm fed up. You will. You this will. capitalist system is not about to, you know, split my family apart. We're not doing that. Like, immigration already doing enough. <laughs> Yeah, 20, 2020 the government is, be is a so change. trifling. We can't yeah. even spend holidays with like, damn. The, they they tried us. They tried us in twenty nineteen. That's for sure. On top of like my grandma being in the DR, like all those layers that like I really don't want to like get into because I'm gonna start crying. But like, it's just not fair, yeah. man. Like, we're just trying to like be with family. We're just trying to live. You know, can we live? You know, it was interesting because while you were, you know, at home, you were. Processing. Processing and uploading pictures and (laughs) and seeing like, you know, Christmas in 2018, Christmas in 2017. I I started getting into a reflective mode myself. So my Christmas was was very chill. And I want to preface this by saying that I chose to have a very chill Christmas with my mother. 
um, you know, for those of you who know, my family just recently, what the beginning of the year, moved away from Long Beach, the place that, you know, raised us into like the Riverside County area. And my my mom is not very happy there. She she wants to come back to Long Beach. She she doesn't really like the weather there. It's a really big house. It's like a ranch. It's like mm. a ranch style house. So it's it has a house and it has like a big property like acres of land and, you know, dogs and stuff. So she's not super excited about having that much of a home. Like if you would have told my mom this, I don't know, the 15 years she would have been 15 years ago, she would have been on it. But um, I've known that my mom just really missed like being around me Mm. and being around um, a closeness of a family. And so, you know, this year, my brothers and my sisters, they, they each went to their own families. Their, their, their families are growing. They have, you know, pretendientes and husbands and things like that. So they went to their own family, and I chose to stay at home with mom. And in the past, Angeli, three years ago, that's the last thing I wanted to do. Like, I'm, I like excitement. I like being around a lot of people. I like singing, and I like opening tons of presents, and... And this year, and I did the same thing for Thanksgiving, I had to put myself in a different mode and, and, and think about what it meant for mom to have the holidays at the age that she is uh, in a place that she's not fully content with. Um, so what could I do to make it better for her? Um, and I asked her, like, how do you want to spend the holidays? And she was like, en mi casa, comiendo y mirando tele. And at first, I'm like, oh, God, I don't want that. <laughs> like, I want to be with kids, and I want there to be a lot of playing and singing. But that was her request. Mm. And I had to listen to it. So I sunk deeper into her request of saying, I want to stay home. This is what I want to do. Um, how can you make it happen? And the more that I went deeper into her request, the more that I was like, wait, so do I. Like, I thought that that's what I wanted, right? I thought that I wanted all this, like, action. But really what I wanted was just to to feel nurtured by my mom again. To feel like I am I am home even though we're not in the home that we grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did things that, that made us feel like home. Like, she brought out, my mom has this, <laughs> she has, like, five little blankets that she's had for years. Like, and I mean. Immigrant moms love saving stuff. Look, she has had this Christmas blanket. It's like a blue blanket with little snowmen and little like snowflakes that she bought in the middle of summer at some tiangi, some swap me somewhere. <laughs> and she, she uses it every single day. And she brought that out. She put it like on my feet. She made cafe. She made pozole. I brought the tamales. And it was just her and I at the house chilling with our socks and our sweatpants and you know the tree was lit but we were just hanging out talking reconnecting taking naps waking up and she's very attentive so the idea of like being nurtured by her was exactly that like mijo que quieres como estas que necesitas like quieres cafe and i'm like mom you're giving me too many choices i'm good (laughs) right so that's what my christmas was like and then here's the second point The thing that changed this year for me uh, around Christmas was the understanding that as my family grows and as we grow into the fabric of this culture and this United States, Mm -hmm. so do the traditions, right? 
And, you know, I, I'm out for like posadas. I'm out for like, you know, we celebrate Christmas on the 24th. Christmas Eve is our Navidad as well. And, and we did that, but in a different way. And then the next day, an actual Christmas day, like all of my nieces and my nephews and my brothers and my sister, they all show up at the house for breakfast. And they're all wanting to open the presents that I had, you know, got them. And my mom made food and everybody's just chilling at the house. Um, That's beautiful. And hanging out. And, and it, there was a moment of like, wow, I never thought that this is something that I could get into. The idea that on Christmas Day, everybody still comes back, you know, where, where, where we are. And my niece made a really beautiful um, uh, note. She was sitting next to me and she said, Tio, look, look at grandma. And grandma was in the kitchen. She was like making um, coffee. She was like, can you believe that all of us in this room came from her? Yep. (laughs) And, And it was like, oh, my God, that's so true. And in that moment, like I look over at my at my mom and and she's full of happiness. Like she's just you can tell mm. that she's happy to look over her shoulder and see all her kids um, and her grandkids um, and her additional family there with her. And even though that's what she says she didn't want, there's still a, a space for that. So that was really amazing. Shout out to my mom. You might get a grandkid 2020. <laughs> right. Because we need to extend this family. <laughs> Yeah, I'm an only child, so that's the only one. Show. Right, but um, that's beautiful. Yeah, I feel like that's exactly what I wanted for my family. Um, what I wanted to do with my family, uh, they did something low key this year. Usually, Dominicans dress up like they're going to a party, know, a, a quinceanera or something, right? Um, a concert, from Los Santos concert, and usually. Everyone's like in the living room. The uncles get drunk. The tias get drunk. Everyone's drunk. A lot of food, a lot of dancing, a lot of partying. This year, all they did was, you know, my cousin is pregnant now, and um, my, my other cousin has a kid, and it, it was more low key. And all they did was have a pajama party. Um, and we have a, a WhatsApp group chat, and the day before, everyone's like, "So, what are we gonna cook for tomorrow?" So I literally took like sent a voice recording, like, "Tia makes the lasagna, mommy makes the rice, my aunt, uh, my cousin, this cousin one uh, makes the salad, cousin two brings the the dessert, <laughs> um, and cousin five, who is the guy, and doesn't ever do anything because no one makes him do anything because the family's only women." He pays for everything since he doesn't want to help in the kitchen. And they actually followed what I said. (laughs) So you were still organizing even from L.A. Yeah. And I was like, oh, interesting. Like they still need like direction. Um, So that like made me feel included. But I think that's exactly what I wanted for my family. Like I I feel like as a kid, I always wanted to hold on to the partying and like the big festivities. And now as I grow older, I realize that I just want them there. Yeah. You know, I just I want my problematic aunt in the room cracking jokes and cursing at everyone. And I want my mom, you know, and I want the arguments. I want all of it. I want my family and its authenticity. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I feel like, you know, I'm going to be more intentional next year about spending time with them. Um, 
I don't know. I've always been kind of like the black sheep of the family. I'm always like the one the activist and the organizer the one doing stuff and out here. the yeah. one, you know, moving away when though no one has and, you know, the one with the black boyfriend and um, <laughs> literally that's 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 news in the family. Yeah. But um the now I've realized that like I spent a lot of time away from them because I kind of I feel like education got between me and my family for, you know, a long time. Like, quote unquote, being so woke that, like, you start, like, looking down at, like, your family's shortcomings. Or there's not ways to connect with them where they don't understand or you think they don't. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, coming back from that now as an adult and saying, like, damn, like, they're just doing their best. Like, they're surviving. Um, They spent a lot of time surviving so that I could learn this stuff. Right. So, um. You know, I've just become more grateful for my family these days. Yeah. You know, one of the things that 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 really happened to me this Christmas was uh, thinking about um, my my last Christmas in in Mexico. And I and I and I talked a little bit about that on on the on our post, our our happy holidays post, because it, it really just reminded me that my last memory my last important memory, if you will, of Mexico was was our Christmas. Was the last Christmas that we spent um, there as as a family in in the culture and in, in the nation in the place that saw me birth. So it was really interesting to see um, how how far I've walked away from from that. Not intentionally, but it's just you know. How many how many years I've it's been since I've gone back? Um, as as people probably know, my oldest brother um, is in Mexico. Uh, he was deported um, many years back, and so you know to have also that split in family. That whereas I'm here in the United States with my with my siblings, with my nieces, with my nephews, hanging out with my mom. That there's that small, you know, recognition. There's that that really big void that there's still another brother um, with his wife and another nephew that I couldn't spend Christmas yeah. with, you know? So there was that reminder that even though it's a, a very happy time, as much as we can muster, that there's also a lot of pain associated with this, with this, with, with holidays, with, with Christmas in, in my family, because it, it means separation. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was, the, that was tough. So, um, Ernesto, yes. I mean, even though we, um, we, you know, we had our, I, I mean, everyone who was watching you on Instagram saw you and David sharing gifts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 And, um, they were being lovebirds. Yeah. But I feel like we got a gift of our own. You did. Which was unexpected, by the way. Absolutely. Unexpected. Like it was I it was random. I was just minding my business. <laughs> and then suddenly you messaged me. Yes. And it's an article and I'm like, wait. Yeah. Wait. So so wait. so let me tell you how this came. This came. So this is so funny. How did you find out? So I found out I was I was packing up. I was packing up my stuff, getting ready to go to my family's in, in Moreno Valley. I was packing up my stuff. And then my roommate, Agustin, he was like, hey, because we had just had a chat for about an hour. He was like, hey, girl, like, um, I'm surprised that you didn't mention um, the article. And he was like, why didn't you talk about it? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he was like, 
uh, Ernesto, there is a Remezcla article that just came out and it lists loose accent. And I was like, wait, what? He was like, you gotta be shitting me. Like, you really have not seen it? And I said, no, I don't. Please send me the link. So he sent me the link and I read it and I, I threw my phone up in the air. <laughs> it landed on my bed. I went, I chased it and I was like, oh my God, D'Angeli, loose accent is featured uh, in the Remezcla article talking about the 25 Latinos who made an impact in their community. What a gift. I was very surprised. I Because, I mean, I I don't know. It's like one of those things where like you do the work, right? You, ju you just do it. You put it out there, and you put it out there with the best intention. And then if it gets recognized, then it does. But really, um, I mean... When we started this, it was just about impacting whoever listened and, right. and, and you know, helping whoever listened or, or providing, you know, a place where people can come and, and connect with us. Um, so, like, yes, obviously, as, as podcasters, we always hope that, like, you know, the podcast is going to do well and that it will be recognized. But that's really, like, the second part. You know, that's like the, you know, lo que viene después. But now I'm like, you know, when you sent me the article, I was... I was like just staring. I, I think too. I didn't read it for like a like a few minutes. I was right. just staring at it. I was like, oh, oh, that us? Is that us? Wait, what? <laughs> uh, it almost felt like a little surreal and just happy, you know, like because you know it was also the fact that I was, you know, that we were in the in the park and the we were listed, but that I saw so many yeah. of my faves, like people right. that I really have worked with, people that. You know, have really impacted me. Um, one of them, Jonathan from Undocu Black, who like, you know, was the former director of an organization that like really highlights like Black immigrant voices. And you know, I really found a home with them when I was undocumented. So, so I mean, when I when I was when I first got my green card, so it was it, it was very fulfilling. Just yes, to win, right? But also to win along with your face. Yes. It's like a certain kind of like. I don't know, joy to say like, yes, like we're, we're doing amazing, but like along with like our community. Right, right. And and you know what I found really powerful too was that it was written by Raquel. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it, it took me back to the moment um, when I, when we met or when I met Raquel uh, and the time that we spent time just hanging out mm -hmm. with her, just hanging out, just talking, connecting Um, and so that, that's really what I love because also what this podcast has been able to do, uh, was help to build some relationships with people that we wouldn't have otherwise, otherwise connected with. So I thought that this was really cool. Like for me, it's really beautiful to see a lot of folks that, um, that are doing work in the East coast or away from LA really connect to the podcast and it gives me the opportunity to meet them. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And I just wanted to read this because I thought it was such a, a beautiful um, choice of words um, for uh, from Raquel. Um, and she writes in the article that loose accents is a Latinx immigrant podcast for the pressed and unbothered uh, in the series recorded in LA features both a West coast on Bay and East Coast, Angeli's perspective, which is beautiful, hilarious, and healing, almost like an intimate hug from your ride or die who laughs with you and loves you whole. Poetic. <laughs> like, the idea of your ride or die, an intimate hug, and loves you whole is spot on. 
Like, I just feel like that is what that, that energy that we carry, that I carry in, in having conversations with you and, and connecting with our guests that come. Um, the idea of, of loving us whole is just sits really well with me. It's, it's like, I feel like she really uh, encompassed like the vision that we had for the podcast. Right. Um, you know, initially when we first sat down a year ago, um, and we spoke about what we wanted this podcast to be and how to mm -hmm. impact people. That's exactly what we wanted. We wanted a place where people felt, you know, heard and seen, seen. and embraced. Um, and, and, and to, and, I mean, we didn't tell Raquel what to write, right? So no. the fact that she got that just from listening on her own, it's 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 like we're doing something right. Right. You know? That's why it was such a big surprise because I really had no idea, like no clue. Uh, and so to hear those words um, really reflected back onto us was really a gift because when you receive a gift, it's the idea that someone sees something in you that you may not see. But yes. I'm really so good at that. Thank you so much, Raquel. And yeah. thank you, Remezcla, for the article. Yeah. Uh, for those who have not seen it, um, it, it is on our uh, on our Instagram. We've shared it a couple of times. Um, but the article is titled 25 Latinos Who Made an Impact on Their Communities. And we were listed uh, uh, under the media section. Yeah, under the media section. And also with the likes of India Moore, who's been an incredible like talent and You know, so many authors and activists and artists um, who are really just doing the work. So we're really happy to be on that list. Yeah. Something that I really, really love was that there were a lot of Afro-Latinos on that list. Yes. And I feel like other, um, you know, platforms usually tend to forget <laughs> uh, the part of the uh, of the of the coast um, that really is pushing the culture forward. So I really appreciated seeing Um, so many Afro Latinos on the on the on the list. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, Remezcla, and thank you, Raquel, for that. It has been a gift, and also just it allowed me to reflect on uh, 2019, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that Loose Accent started in this year, yeah, um, and that it it has grown in this way has been so 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 like fulfilling. Yeah, it really has been heartwarming to. To, to be able to see and find that affirmation in, in multiple different ways. Like, so earlier we, we, we said thank you to the folks who we met or we continue to see at Cumbiaton or any public event. Like, really, really, we appreciate you coming to us and letting us know that this, that these conversations or, or these connections um, are important and that we, that we are seen for, for what we're doing because we, we do it out of love and out of joy. And of course, if you have anything that you would love for us to discuss, Um, uh, voices that you want highlighted in your community, um, especially if they're in LA because it's just easier to record. Um, let us know. Um, yeah. let us know what you want to hear and what you want to, you know, what you want your community to have access to, and we'll definitely do that. Right. So one of the gifts that we absolutely received coming to a close in 2019 was Periódicos de Ayer. Which Most is stuff. I did not want to. Uh, I know you didn't, but he, but that's why I'm here for because you don't do enough justice to <laughs> the prolific author that I have right next to me. I, I'm just I'm so grateful and I'm so proud um, of this woman um, right here for for launching um, her first book of, of of writings. And the thing about it is, Dangeli probably doesn't know. Um, 
how huge of a fan um, I am of her work because she she just really does it. She does it out of love and she writes stuff. And when we first met, um, she had always said that she wanted to write a book. And I am just utterly impressed <laughs> by how quickly she got that project going. And when she would um, not meet with me here, when she would be like, nah, I can't hang out with you or no, I don't want to go because I'm writing. I always thought, <laughs> like, I thought it was a big ass excuse. And I was like, nah, Danjeli, I need you to come out to this event with me. And when she said no, it speaks to the discipline that she has uh, as a writer it speaks to the discipline that she has uh, as a creative person to say, I need to work on my craft. And at the end of December, we got Periodicos de Ayer. How does it feel? Um, Honestly, it feels like a weight was like taken off my shoulders mm. um, because a lot of the poems that are in there have been older poems, um, stuff that I have put out in the past three years, but also new poems that emerge from... Um, the last heartbreak. So, you know, it felt like uh, uh, the closing of a chapter. I feel like, you know, people sometimes they need to go through hard times in life uh, to learn their lessons. Um, in my case, I have to go through them a few couple hundred times <laughs> for me to learn a lesson. So yeah. after four years <laughs> of a heartbreak after heartbreak and being being my melodramatic self, yep. um, I finally was able to compile those poems and, and really put it in a book um, for Dominican women uh, by us and for us. The illustrator of my book is um, a Dominican woman from uh, the, you know, who lives in, in Dominican Republic right now, who had been following me for a long time and who had been following my work, even when I was anonymous on Instagram. So, you know, I, it was, I, I wanted this book to be a, a, a full circle um, yeah. and to really bring it back home. And through talking to her, she talked to me a lot about who I was and who I used to be on Instagram and the content that I would put out. And she was very honest with me. And she told me that my Instagram has become very commercial Mm. Um, very mainstream because, you know, she said that now it, it operates as a business mm. when before it used to operate from the heart. And I needed to hear that because I wondered if people saw that as well. Um, so I put a lot of heart into this book and a lot of um, soul. And honestly, it was one of those things where like, obviously, like I'm not published by a big company and I did not want to be. I just wanted to release these poems on my own, learned the craft and all, you know, in all its um, in all its magic. Um, and, you know, I wrote, I edited it. I had folks who volunteered to edit my work. Um, I, this is a book that's been coming along for mm -hmm. the past three years. Um, and last year as I went, as I, you know, experienced my last heartbreak, <laughs> um, I, I came from it from a place of, you know, you know what, like, this is not going to be for nothing. This is going to inspire, um, my next, uh, my next body of work, um, and once I, I released that, I'm done. I'm finished. Mm. So it was almost like healing uh, for me to put it out and say, you know, this is a chapter that is closing. Um, this is a, a part of my writing that I no longer want to keep exploring. And by that, I mean like all those poems about heart and love and pain. Mm. You know, I feel like I want to really start um, writing from a place of joy, 
from a place of like migration, from a place of being a black Latina, um, and really put down the pen when I am going to speak about men because men are not the center of my universe. Mm. And, so it um, was it was a release. It was a release, a big release, um, uh, a release of not just a body of work, but a release of the girl that used to hold the pen. Um, and now I feel like I am growing into a woman who no longer needs the validation of 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 the men that she writes about. Right. Um, and that's what Periódicos de Ayer is titled, Periódicos de Ayer. Um, it's from the Hector Lavoe song called, you know, Periódicos de Ayer. And he says, you know, para que leer un periódico de ayer. And yeah, so... It is yesterday's news. I yes. feel like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, this is so huge. Oh, my God. And I'm just like, well, you know, it's like, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I want to talk about it too much. Like, it's just something that I'm ready to close the door on. Right. Um, but, yeah, I am happy. I am happy with the illustration. I'm happy with how the book turned out. I'm happy that I did it on my own. I'm, I'm excited uh, for what's next. I'm excited for people to have it. And... You know, the, the back of the book says something along the lines of, you know, uh, may, may this be a testament that um, that we sh- that we should have access or we should be intentional about falling in love um, as often as we seem fit mm-hmm. um, and that we shouldn't run away from pain. If anything, if, you know, pain is always a risk. Mm-hmm. But love is so, so, so glorious. So sweet. Yeah. It's always so sweet. So. And, and you know, um, so I don't have my, my copy just yet because D'Angeli was <laughs> off and out on the East Coast in New York <laughs> releasing her book there as it should. Um, and I'm I'm very thankful that she did that. But now that she's back, I literally uh, don't have my copy today. I will get my copy. And so I actually haven't read the book and so um, I do intend and we do intend to have a longer version of, of Periódicos de Ayer uh, in a later episode so that we could really go into the depths of the poetry the stories and and what that love um, was like for you D'Angeli and so I, I really hope that in 2020 we can come back once I've digested the book and also once our babies have digested <laughs> the book if they've ordered it for the holidays um, for us to dedicate a big chunk of an episode on Periódicos Ayer because it's a really beautiful stories I think you have to share. I'm excited. Well, listen, y'all. We are gonna uh, do a, a little, a little experiment, a, a quick memories in in relapse, if you will, because as we're closing off the decade of 2020, we have to look at what happened a little bit in 2019 and. What happened in 2009? So 10 years ago, I was looking at our phone and thinking about what was hit, what was in pop culture, what was going on in 2009. And D'Angeli was quick to remind me that she was 15 years old, 10 years ago. And she, Not even, I was 14. 14, look. Well, almost 15. I was, I was probably planning uh, no. not so quinceanera no. at the time. no. I can't have this. I just can't. I was four. Wow, I was fourteen. How old were you, baby? I was. <clears throat> I think. Gosh, I. W- I would have been turning what twenty. Two? No, 
It was 2009. I was barely going to graduate college at that time. Yeah, 22. We wouldn't have been friends at the time. No. Like, you would have. Too young. We literally wouldn't have been able to be in the same physical space. Like, I was in college. You were in high school. Like, no pasa. Like, why would I want to hang out with you? I was a baby. (laughs) And then, you know, we're looking back and. In 2009, I was white. Because I was writing hard Taylor for Taylor Swift. Swift. I no. was on my Carrie Underwood. Yes. Um, I was on uh, Jonah's brother. Miley Cyrus. Demi Lovato, Miley Cyrus, Hannah Montana. Well, Hannah Montana had finished by then, I think. Right. I think. Yes, yes, yes. Because she um, was partying in the USA. Yeah. Miley Cyrus. What else? I was just mad white. Like, I did not know I was black at the time. I was yeah. a whole problem. Um... <laughs> What else? I was just young. Oh, this makes I was me very so honest, much. though. I've always been very honest. I was very... My temper was bad. Um, I was rebelling against my mom. You know, my quinceanera was rolling around. And I said, I didn't want no quinceanera. Um, she did not want a quinceanera. No, I, for no, my quinceas, I had a party bus. And I refused to wear a dress, so I wore shorts in January. And... <laughs> And I wore like dark gray black makeup and I cut my hair up to my shoulders and I like flat ironed it like mm-hmm. completely straight. I was going through a phase. Even Rebelde. though even though I was out here with Taylor Swift, I was like not trying to do any girly shit. And the only reason why I didn't not want to do anything that like could even resemble right. the stereotypical, you know, feminine stuff. Right. Was because I just was just trying to piss off my mom. Of course. Yeah, literally. Of course. You know what's interesting? That in 2009, I literally was almost like you're no, younger than you. I was 22, um, listening to Bad Romance, looking at everything Lady Gaga. I was like that queer in becoming. Like I was becoming mm. that queer that I wanted to be so bad. Um, so it was really my exploration into my queerness, my exploration and like what I wanted. What is a relationship? What do I really like? Um, and finding myself in utter breakdown because that's when i was supposed to uh, graduate ucla Mm. didn't happen i actually quit ucla i left uh college i was a college dropout at you know in 2009 and um i felt desperate for figuring out what my next steps would be like i didn't have a job i didn't have a college degree i was this undocumented person who felt like the world was out to get me um, and fell into really dark depression from like 2009 to sheesh, oof, maybe like 2012 is when things were really, really hard. Wow, yeah, years? yeah, it took a long time. I mean, I'm talking, and, and I call that whenever I do speeches, I call this my breakdown period because it was this constant realization that being undocumented in this country is really, really tough. Yeah. But it's also my self assertion of what that meant for me that made it even worse because I, continued to victimize myself i continued to think that i didn't deserve any better that that is exactly the punishment that i should receive that being queer was this kind of um you know uh, a punishment from the universe it, it was just a whole ass like madness. emotional oh super like i drank my myself to to near like death it was just a lot i, I would drink a lot so seeing that, right, and to seeing like now that I'm currently celebrating close to three and a half years of, of sobriety, 
completely sober. Uh, such a difference. So, so happy about that. That was the best, one of the best choices that I made for, for myself, like leaving alcohol. That's for sure. Mm. Oh, that's, I mean, this decade, right? Yeah. This decade. Yeah. This decade for me, um, girl, in this decade, I graduated high school, college, moved across the country, got my papers, mm. traveled outside of the U.S. for the first time, went back to the Dominican Republic after like 12 years. Um, and I don't know, I I grew. I mean, think about it, from 14 to 24, that's like you're that's like you're just growing right there's like nothing else you're you're just in school and and growing and growing and growing um from a young woman to an adult um (laughs) from you know just paying cable and my phone bill to paying car insurance okay and rent um (laughs) your own postage (laughs) (laughs) you know i you know Uh. i it's been a lot of growth no but I have loved. Yeah. I have been heartbroken. Mm-hmm. I have had um, so many friendships. Some that are still in my life. Most that are still in my life, I would say. Um, and I I discovered blackness and I discovered identity and... I really started understanding what it meant to be black and to be a black Latina and, you know, to really step into my Dominicanidad after I, like, shrugged it off for so long because, you know, I was trying to distance myself from the island and all those things to now being... Um, I can say that if I look back to 10, year, 10 years ago, me, she would be proud of me. Of course she would. She... I feel like I have become exactly who she wanted to right. be. Yeah. I mean, same, same. Like, you know, remember what I said about my queerness and becoming like that young boy, that young man looking forward to now would have been like, damn, you're doing that. Yep. You're out here still organizing. Now a director leading projects at a nonprofit. In a full ass, loving, beautiful, like a gay relationship, speaking about that publicly in your podcast, in public, at universities, um, and, and shining like creating art around that identity. Um, just graduating finally, you know, you yes. see, like, because it took, it was a whole 11 year journey for me to finish college. Um, and so having done that in this decade was, was incredible finding, you know, love, finding a new meaning to, to what the word family, uh, means and and finding a personal responsibility for uplifting what is beautiful and brilliant about myself, Mm. um, which is my softness, which is my joy, which is my, my artistry, my artistic, uh, wanting to, to tell stories, um, yeah, I this year, th- this decade, I became a storyteller. I became more gay. I became um, a person fully in love with themselves and with the world. And, and and funny that you say that growing for you, you know, from 
your late teens because you're still 14 to where you are now. Just wait for your next decade, mama. It's going to be. In a decade, I'm going to be 34. I'm going to be in my 30s. <laughs> oh, yes. my God. I'm probably yes. going to have a kid. I'm, I'm manifesting yes. it today. December 20, what, 29? 29. Of 2019. I am manifesting that in this decade that's Coming, coming the 2020s uh-huh i will have a child and she's gonna have beautiful curly hair yep and and i have i'll have my masters yo i'm ready to be another uh, a gunkle a gunkle uh, i'm ready to be and gunkle. i will also um uh have a book that's published by like a company there you go and i will um I will keep the rest of myself because Maldejo is real. Maldejo is real. You know what? But so that just was know. A, that was a whole ass decade. Specifically, 2019. What is one thing that you want to leave behind in 2019? Self-doubt. Self-doubt. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give a fuck anymore in 2020s. I'm really not. I'm just going to say whatever I got to say. And then I'm out. That's for real though. Self-doubt. I'm, I'm releasing that. I'm letting it go. I'm going to be... Not fearless. I'm going to do things despite the fear. Period. Mm. Mm. Period. Period. Um, when I'm leaving in 2019, um, it's fear of my queerness. Mm. It's 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 still a constant progress. Mm. Like fear of of being um, unapologetically queer because I'm unapologetically undocumented. Right. But it's being unapologetically queer and gay and out for everybody to see, um, including every uh, member of my family, including my mother, which is mm. going to be a tough one. But yeah. I'm manifesting that. And uh, what is the one thing that you have learned and relearned and relearned in 2019? A big lesson. I have learned that people cannot respect boundaries that you do not set. Hello. People will come in and out of your life if you leave the door open. People will try to take you for a fool if you allow them to. Mm -hmm. And people will try to cross you if they think that you don't fight back. So I have learned... Or I am in the process of exercising the lesson that I have learned that I will no longer um, allow people to step over me, to try to come in and out of my life, to, you know, try to take my kindness um, for a fool Mm -hmm. or me for a fool um, and just really setting boundaries so that I can protect my energy and my space because I saw the consequences of not doing that this year and it tore me apart. Mm. And I I feel like that's what I'm taking into the new decade. It's like most of the time my instincts are correct and I don't trust them. Um, My instinct about people, my instinct about the thing that I want to do, my instinct about projects that I want to, you know, uh, you know, create you know they're usually right and i need to start trusting myself more um and trusting myself when my instinct says hey this person um might not be too good for you hey um this project is something that you need to 
to go after. Right. You know, and trusting myself that I know enough. Um, and I feel like that's also part of like growing into adulthood as well, yeah. right? One of the lessons that I've had to relearn over and over again in 2019 is that rising in love is more powerful than falling in love. Yes. Because the idea of rising means that you get to build, mm -hmm. means that you need tools, mm -hmm. means that you need to communicate, means that you need to have a plan, means that you have to work together. Um, and so that's one of the biggest lessons that I've had to constantly uh, rethink is that rising in love. And, and that's not just with your with your partner, with your lover, what have you. It means with your friends. It means with your mother. It means with your your coworkers. Like if, if there is love in any of the functions that you do in your life, it, it requires you to rise together, to work together and make it happen. So that's been a really powerful lesson for me, 2019. And since we are now literally three days stepping into the new decade of 2020, I want to ask something very similar. What are you most excited about in 2020? Since it's coming right around the corner. Um, I'm excited about. I'm excited about my relationship. Nice. Um, yeah, I feel like. I am with someone who is intentional about loving me and loving me in the way that I need to and being being very genuine. But unfortunately, you know, right now we're doing long distance. Yeah. Um, so in this upcoming year, that's going to change. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm just looking forward to really having my partner accessible and there and do silly stuff like go do laundry together. Like, <laughs> I don't yeah. know, you know. Um, that's cute. Uh, so I'm excited for that in 2020. Um, I just want him around, you know, be loved, give love back. You know how it goes. Right. Yo, 2020, like I mentioned this to you earlier, but 2020, I'm excited for the action. There's going to be so many things that we have to just run at it with full strength, full force, use all the tools that we have available to to win. So 2020 is for me is really about winning. Um, it's about uh, using all the talents that you have, using community, using your family, using your lovers, your partners to to really move ahead together and getting things done politically speaking um, socially speaking, um, you know, 2020 is going to be a, a really difficult year for, for a lot of us, for our communities, for our immigrant families. They're going to be thrown under the bus left and right. So we have to hold each other um, together, hold each other accountable. So 2020 is really about action, about moving in step with one another, about growing the power um, politically speaking and then also culturally speaking. So I'm really looking at 2020 as a year for our pod, uh, for our podcast to to really manifest more into its uh, into itself, you know we're what is it seven eight months into existence, so it's growing, it's yeah, molding, it's, it's coming along, it's coming along. Before we know it, in April we're going to be celebrating our one year anniversary. Mm -hmm. So we've got a lot of growing and learning to do. So I'm really excited about about that, and this is uh you know. And the, and, and the same token, what are we looking to manifest in 2020? And I'll kick, I'll kick that off by saying that manifesting 2020 means winning. Winning the, the presidency, winning local offices, winning local policies, 
um, winning in love, winning in my finances, winning in this podcast, winning in my relationship with my family. And it really means um, taking ourselves to a higher level um, of, of acceptance, of love, um, and just being in a place of a full manifestation of, of what we want to be. It, it, I just, I think it's, it's, it's the year. It's like a big transformation. He's coming. Well, he's got y'all. He's, I'm coming. Yeah, better watch out. And, you know, speaking of manifestations, before we, we close out our episode with Nuestra Palabra del Dia, we want to share with you a really special song written by my nephew, Leonel Salgado. He wrote and produced this very special clip. And we're going to give you all a, a, a short version of that. Because uh, he has manifested himself into his own artistry at just 18 years old. He wrote, produced, and recorded this song by himself, self-taught musician. And so I want to give y'all off some inspiration for uh, ending 2019 and really manifesting into your own in 2020. So here is Sin Embargo by Lonel Salgado.
Hey y'all, that was Sin Embargo by Lionel Salgado, my own nephew, who wrote this song uh, on his own and recorded it on his own. You can find him on SoundCloud or you can link up with him uh, on our Instagram. We'll provide all the information. Lionel, congratulations, hijo. I'm so, 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 so proud of you. You are manifesting. You are becoming that artist and that young man that you've always dreamed of. Shout out to Lionel, y'all. Pew, 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 pew. Um, and finally, closing off, right? Um, as usual, we leave you with uh, a few palabras, right? Um, you know, in 2019, we lost our dear Toni Morrison. Yes. An amazing writer, thinker, um, black woman, just beautiful. So there's one quote in particular that I want to share Um, that has really grounded me in the darkest parts of my life. Um, and I always go back to this quote. I've, I've had it on my Instagram. I, I, I put I put it, I posted it. I post it on my mirror. Mm -hmm. Um, and she says this, you want to fly? You got to give up that shit that weights you down. And girl, there's been so many things weighing me down all through this decade. And I feel like every single time I have to remind myself to shake it off. And I go, yeah. I go back to that quote and every single time I do. So That's, simple and to the point. Yep. Straight Nothing up. else needs to straight be said. Up. What about my, yours, Bill? You know, my also from Toni Morrison, I was watching a documentary about her, her life, her work and everything that she did. Such a prolific writer and thinker and author and. Um, mine is really about the theme that I've been leading with um, in the last, what is it, five years of my life, which is about freedom and liberation. And she writes this. Freeing yourself was one thing. Claiming ownership of that freed self was another. Mm. Like, what, what happens when you're free? What's going to be your first step when you actually feel that freedom within you? Then what? But it's really about owning, galvanizing that, holding it and saying, Stepping I am a whole it. ass freed person. And what if you can say that now? What's next? That is for me the magic. Beautiful. And I guess um, to close out this this um, this episode, we really want to share a beautiful um, uh, two mensajitos that uh, some of you uh, have written in our platforms as, as a way to show support. And one of my favorite was actually by Raquel, the, the same um, homegirl who wrote the article on, uh, or, you know, co-wrote the article on Remezcla. And she said this and it was beautiful and it just really allowed me to see that our words matter and that this work um, is impacting um, people in the way that we hope for. And she says this, I woke up in the middle of the night and couldn't go back to sleep. When this happens, my mommy, my mommy always says it means there's someone I need to be up praying for. So I did. Afterwards, I felt like I needed church, that beautiful space of love and liberation that I had earlier this year with homies and people I had just met who welcomed me into their home, a space of wine, sex talk, coming out stories and conversations about faith and God with people who, like me, grew up in the Pentecostal church as well as those from different religious backgrounds. 
I couldn't quite get that from my bedroom at 5 a.m., so I decided to listen to Lose Accents, a podcast hosted by the very people who created that church-like experience for me last spring. It did not disappoint. Thank you, D'Angeli and Ernesto. Y'all are both so beautiful and have created yet another divine and hilarious space. I'm sorry I'm so late to listening. Also, shout out to David for his sermon in the last <laughs> episode because he was straight preaching and it's a word I hope more people hear. Thank you so much, so much Raquel. Thank you for that palabrita. And our last palabra del día comes from Miss Gab Martinez, which says, I feel seen. This podcast is for all the folks whose stories and being have been cast away. Told is not good enough. Told to be hidden away. When I listen to this podcast, I feel like I am not alone. I feel like I have a community and people like me that can not only share the tough parts of being undocumented, but also just being, which includes happiness. And yes, being a hoe here or there. I learn and unlearn, dig deeper to my emotions and my experience, and in some ways, it's like therapy for me. I feel heard and I feel seen. Thank you for that beautiful word. And she's also the winner of yes. our book giveaway. Yes, yes, yes. Congratulations. Um, you should be receiving that soon. I did apologize pew, 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 pew. for the delay because I did go to New York, but I promised that I would send her a free copy of my book to make up for it. And speaking so of So shout books, out to you. Shout out to you, Ms. Gab Martinez. And speaking of books, Dangeli, we are closing up by telling the babies where can we find your book? You can find my book at my website, www.dangelirodriguezdelorbe.com <laughs> slash store. Um, it's on my link on Instagram. Uh, thank you so much. You can purchase it there. And yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Um, this is a one woman mission, so it should be getting to you soon. Yes. Um, but yeah, give me time. But thank you for your support in advance. And again, we want to say a huge thank you. We're very, very grateful to all of our babies, all of our listeners, all of our friends who have put us on, have spread the word about our podcast and the palabritas and the stories that we have to share. Thank you all for all the support that you have given us uh, this 2019. And we look forward to 2020 coming up with more creative, more hilarious stories, more down to earth, to the core of our being, experiences, and material. And for 2019, I am Andakibe. I am Danjali. And you have just listened to Loose Accents. Accents.